welcome to the Always Winter podcast. Come beyond the wall to the land of Always Winter, where we talk all things A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. Please know there may be some bad language. You have been warned. And we're live, so welcome back to the Always Winter podcast. This is episode two, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Grant Fraser and Alan Liddell. Hello. Hello there. We thought Hello. we'd make it this far. Welcome back. Welcome back, yes. So what we've been up to the past couple of weeks, hobby-wise, uh, Grant? Uh, well, I'm currently painting some Mountains Men as we speak. I'm working my way through the unit of them. Nice. Um, but, and I picked up some Gamers Grass flowers after, uh, I think it was on the on the Discord group, somebody recommended them for my Lancer Guardsmen to improve the bases, so I need to go and do that at some point. I'll do it when I do the Mountains Men bases, do them all together. So that should just perk them up a little bit, which is good. Good to get feedback and work on it. Cool. And what about you, Little? Anything exciting you've been up to the past couple of weeks? Hobby or gaming? Hobby-wise, not very much. I've uh, I've got my a few models on my paint table in my room that just I just look at them really. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I scowl at them for their for their existence. Yeah. Well, I'm pre- painting front on mine. I'm pretty much the same. I mean, ho- hobby-wise. I've done a lot of buying. That's uh, hobby. Buying is hobby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's I, the best part. <laughs> well, I bought. I might have the gaming. I might have bought a Baratheon starter set, a Targaryen <laughs> starter set, a Night's Watch starter set, a <laughs> bunch of neutral units, a stone thrower box, uh, a couple other bits Shame and bobs. Yeah, I, I've got a problem. If I had a bell, I'd be ringing it. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. Uh, as well as that, I uh, set up my hobby table, permanent hobby table, so that's pretty much good to go, so I can actually start painting again, yeah, and good. I've actually played two games, real life, real oh. world games of Garden, A Song of Ice and Fire, so our, our friend of, a friend of Little and myself, uh, Stuart Tomlinson, he managed to make a pretty cool setup in his garden, including a gazebo, and then a kind of decent-sized 4 by 4 table. So, yeah, we played two games, uh, one one day and one the other day. I brought out my Lannisters against us. So he plays Starks. Uh, I was first game using Lannisters. With Tyrion, he's filthy, by the way. <laughs> Which one? Dirty little man. Uh, Tyrion, Commander, uh, half, half Man? Yeah, I think it's one, the, the, Yeah. Was that the, the Hero Box one? Yeah, 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 and he, aye, he's he's got a tactics card that lets you give up a unit activation to make another unit that's previously activated activate. And I might have had Preston Greenfield in a unit of crossbowmen and managed to get them in one round to activate six times. What? Drew six. I had the crown, so drew six cards and then managed to. I think I shot four times. (laughs) So that was interesting. So I've won that game. That was a. A crushing, def- uh, crushing victory for me. And then the second day we played, uh, he had a slightly different list. So his first list he was using, oh, who was he using as a commander? I can't remember. But on the second day he was using Ned Stark, my old favourite opponent, uh, Ned Stark commander. He was proxying a unit of the new Dervishes, and I was proxying a unit of Rose Knights, and I was using Baratheons. But he he won that game. That was a he won ten to nine, and I was using Renly sided Courtney Penrose NCU commander, which was quite a fun list to play about. With actually, it was mm-hmm. it was it was slow, but it was quite fun. So so yeah, that's what I've been up to. So I suppose you could technically class that as hobby, right? Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, that was the definition. Aye, <laughs> lock will. Just so the the guys listening could know, in Scotland we're still we're not in lockdown as such, but we're still pretty restricted in what we can yeah. do. Phase one, so we we can leave leave the house more than once now, but technically we're not supposed to go any more than five miles. But Stuart live only lives three miles, two miles down the road from me, and you're allowed to be in other people's gardens and stuff now, as long as you keep two meters away, which we were. We weren't breaking any rules and. Only one household's allowed to meet up per day, which was the case as well. So yeah. definitely making the most of it. As soon as the next section eases down, I'm sure I'll maximise that as well. Oh, definitely. 
but yeah, so cool. Well, we move on to so we've got a couple of things we're going to cover today. Today, every week, I think we're going to cover some painting. So we'll move on to that next. I think. I think just before we do that, mm-hmm. I think we want to say like thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode and the the spread of people that are listening to it is pretty incredible. Yeah. I think it's fair to say when you see the statistics that you can see. So yeah, like everyone all around, literally we can say it all around the world that's listening to this. Yeah, which is absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, we thank you for yeah what for was giving the, us the time. The number. I think we're over a hundred. Ten countries. Oh, countries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, Which is, is just mind blowing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. You, hope, hopefully our numbers don't massively tank now after this episode, and hopefully they continue <laughs> to grow. Like uh, oh. no, one episode is good. That's, that's enough. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're done now. Oh, one that's what wonders. those guys sound like. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the cartoonies of the podcast world. Hmm. Right, so we have got some more submissions that have been put in um, through the through email and Messenger and Facebook groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thanks to the people that have, but we are running dangerously low on photos to talk through. So if you've got anything that you want to show, just give us a give us an email. Uh, it's alwayswinterpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, or you can just message us it through any social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of the three, or email, uh, and I'll I'll try my very best to put it in the show. So, mm-hmm. okay, right. So we'll look at the first one, which is the two Stark soldiers, not the full unit, just the two. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yep. So this was submitted by a chap on. Uh, he he emailed in, but he's seen it in the Discord, uh, and his name is McGregor. McGregor. I'm really sorry if that's not how you pronounce it. Potentially as well in future move, I'd include the pronunciation of the uh, of he usernames. Actually, he actually did. Oh, embarrassment. McCracket. I, I, thought I, could, I thought I could save you there, and then you just went. No, yeah. no, no, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, at least they owned up to it. Well, it's true. We're nothing if not honest here. But he actually posted a couple of pictures. There was some Starks and some Flayed Men, but we... I think pretty much agreed that we were pretty impressed by the two Stark Swan Swords. Yeah. So we decided to go with that one because we can only choose one picture per per person. Um, and yeah, so this, what do you think, Grant? I am a really big fan of the the um, quartered emblem on the shield of the, the second model. Mm-hmm. I just think the blue in particular is a really nice shade of blue. Um, yeah. It's... It's a very cold, very wintry blue. It pops without being like stupid, like really garish. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, just a, a big fan of it. And I like how it's not done on every model by the looks of it. Also, because the other one's just a a plain brown shield, so it's not going to be overpowering throughout the unit. Or is using it to differentiate units. I mean, I'm not sure what the what the plan is there. But yeah, I think I I like the idea of it being mixed through a unit. Cause obviously, because everything's on a tray, you don't need to differentiate units the same as you do in other war games. Yeah, the idea of having it mixed in a unit is quite cool. It would differentiate the the pose of that model if they were yeah, split up as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just but, love the fact that it actually looks like blue paint painted on wood. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's kinda of like a like Celtic Gaelic type mm-hmm. feel to it a bit. Aye, definitely. The base aye, all round the the faces, I mean the detail in the Stark Sword Sword faces aren't that great. Like the actual model, but it's pretty defined, and yeah, I'm I'm pretty impressed with that. Um, as far as the starter sets goes, when it first came out, I would say the Lannisters looked better yeah. model-wise. Yeah, I mean it's came on leaps and bounds since. Yeah, but the Sworn Swords are just they're. I think it's the helmets, just because they're quite cony looking. But it would be nice to have seen one of them like turned slightly just to see behind the shield, because mm-hmm. obviously yeah. with the shield being in the front. You don't get to see much of the model. Aye, the yeah. armor at the back and stuff. But even the the boots at the bottom, with the you can see the snow on mm-hmm. on the on the boots and stuff, which matches the the base, is is really good. And I I love all the snowy bases. I, I just I yeah. it just does it for me. Yeah. Well, again, we're Scottish, so 
Exactly. Apparently, it always snows. We need to like the snow. It's actually snowing right now. It's actually snowing right now. Have you got snow? We just, we've had yeah. pretty bad rain all day, but no snow. Seriously? I live I live in Ben Nevis, right at the top. And nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's raining, though. It's raining. Um, but yeah, so so this guy, he's actually a he's actually a commission painter. Okay. Um, so if anybody's interested, I'll I'll put a link in the show notes below. But how cheap uh, is it? He's well, I'm sure you can ask him and find out, but he's yeah. uh, it's bladed brushes. He's got a Facebook uh, page. I'll I'll link it in the show notes. That's another thing as well, guys. If you're listening and you want to look at the pictures while we're going through them, uh, we will put the links of social media of those four pictures below. If you're wondering how do I click the show notes, generally they're underneath the picture of the podcast. So if at Spotify the actual episode square, there's two, there's three circles. If you click on that. Uh, and then under the picture, it'll have the show notes and it'll have a wee bit that says show more. Click on that and it'll expand the show notes. And that'll have other links and stuff as well if you want to follow along. Sorry, I should have said that at the beginning. Uh, okay, anything you guys want to add about this? No, no, I think we've, yeah. we've covered that. Yeah. Spot on. I, I'd be quite happy for this guy to paint my miniatures, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, right, so we move on to the, the mountain next. Yeah. Mr. Clegane himself. Indeed. So. This is done by one of the guys from Scotland. This is one of one of our groups. This is Tim Dagnall uh, and his Gregor Clegane. So I'll, I'll go with a little first. What, what I will say, say though, uh, I'm pretty sure he's Sir Gregor Clegane here. Not Mr. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sir, Sir Clegane. Yes, apologies. What, what do you think about this little? <laughs> yeah, I, get, I like it. Its colours stand out. The... Nice big bright yellow there. Mm. But to me, it would be even better if it doesn't. He's not in a bright yellow unit. If it's yep. just him, I think that would look better. So I would just pop out a bit more. Aye. Yeah. As I, you Grant, can see, he's still got the, the base to finish off there, but I'm sure. Oh, don't worry. Be... I was I was going to rip him for that. Don't you worry. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grant. Yeah. Again, it's going to sound like I've a of a weird thing for this, but I like the shield. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have mine in front of me, but I. I don't think there's all that wood detailing on it, is there? I don't think so. I don't think so. The, the back, I don't think, especially. So it just, there's... No, the back I don't of, think the Lannisters have, or they wouldn't have wooden shoes. It's just... I don't think. No, mine, mine's downstairs in the kitchen. Um, sort of no help. But no, yeah, like you say, it's, it's, highlight, it's highlighted well. The yellow and browns go really nicely together. I like the dirtier tone of the metal. Um, this again, some of the things what I've done for the for the mountains, man. I've gone with this a slightly darker tone just to give them a bit more grittiness over the traditional Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I like I like seeing that as well. It just does separate them a little bit. Yeah, and you can almost just like sneak them into a, Bar- a Baratheon unit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, I don't know. I think it maybe stand shoulders above the rest of them, but. Especially oh, no, I'm not saying they wouldn't stand out. I'm just saying colour-wise. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The mountain's always going to stand out. <laughs> I, I really like this. This is... I know... I don't know if he has done it on this, but Tim's a pretty good dap hand with an airbrush. Mm. Um, but it, I'm I'm in the same... I agree with both of you. I think this is really well, well painted. The, the shield, again, looks like wood that's been painted yellow rather than yeah. just like a flat cloth or whatever. And the sword, how it has the, he's it, almost painted it to look like Valerian steel. I, I thought, even though Gregor doesn't have a Valerian steel sword, but if Gregor wants a Valerian steel sword, who's going to stop him? That's game over. Yeah, like he's won the Game of Thrones. I mean, but yeah, that's the only thing is is that he's not painted the base. But yeah. I've never seen Tim Tim painting a base, so I don't know if he maybe just leaves every single model he's ever painted unbased. <laughs> oh. I'm not entirely sure if I've seen him on the tip. Hmm. I know he's a big forty k player, but yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that here. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, we're not into space things. Right, we'll go on. To, so yeah, love love that. I'm That's quiet. awesome. Um, we'll move on to the army of Starks. Okay. So this yes. is done. This is done by another guy in our kind of gaming group, Chris Stone. Uh, he's I think he's in the same club as Tim. Uh, West, West uh, um, they're, they're BFFs, always at each other's throats. Aye, they, 
yeah, rivals. So this is two units of sworn swords and great jaw number and Rob Stark. So what would you make of this, Grant? I really like the basing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two things I really like about this unit. It's the basing and the, the blue on the, the metal shields over the wooden shields. Like it's just the, the blue in general. Is a really you nice just love your shoes, don't you, Grant? <laughs> I do. I really do. But I hate painting them. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe it's just pure jealousy. The thing about um, shields is, it, is it's probably the first thing you see exactly as a shield, yeah. right? So you you really want to draw you crap. You really want to draw um, people's eyes into it because, like you say, the, the shield is covering most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think we've got a natural snow effect with the with the drier grass as well. I think it just it does work really well together. There's a nice mix of colours in the unit as well. It's not it's uniform, so it looks like an army, but they but, don't but, all look like they've got they've bought it off in the same shop, if you know yeah. what I mean. There is there's a difference there, which is nice. Yeah. What about you, Little? Yeah, again, I mean, you could take the two other Stark models and almost have those in this army and by the looks of it. I mean they're pretty similar. I mean, saying that without having them right next to each other. Uh, I but, think the blues in this are slightly greyer. Mm-hmm. Which sounds bad, but it's not because I no, think no, it's just a, a cooler. Yeah, yeah. I um, wouldn't expect it to be the exact same, but I mean, I feel like they could just be snuck into one of the units each, and you wouldn't notice. Yeah. Other than I, the probably the shield one that's painted bit, with the blue. He's a very good painter. I, I like his. I, I actually like really like his great jaw number. I think he looks really good with the with his grey hair and beard, and then he's got that mm-hmm. kind of red kind of cloth going over his his crotch and he looks like he's ready to absolutely chop somebody's head off beasting right, someone's getting that sword in the face <laughs> yeah but I'm I'm in the same I'm pleased to see he's, oh, uh, that you're missing his grey one there I know I know Hi. maybe he's away hunting or something killing Lannisters that's my big problem with this picture he's got Rob <laughs> there but no grey one distinct, just... distinct lack of grey wind yep but the banners, the banners are really, really cool. I like the colours. I like the fact that he's not went for a white wolf, it's a black wolf. The the border around the the, the banners are black as well. It just kinda ties probably it together nicely. Well. <laughs> probably. Probably. And I like the fact that his rims are not untidy. <laughs> <laughs> this is John getting into his talk about my the rims again. Yep. Yep. I love a good rim, I do. Right, cool. And oh, then we're going to uh, the Berserkers. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a Stark theme, apparently. Um, so this is a friend Stuart Tomlinson uh, with his unit of Umber Berserkers with Ned Stark on the bottom right-hand side. So he has converted this Ned Stark using, I believe it's a Sworn Sword Captain. I think it was the, the alternate, alternate sculpt, sculpt one. Yeah, uh, he told me about it yesterday. And then I it's the sword. I couldn't put my finger on what model it was at first. Aye. As soon as he told me, it was like, ah, yep, I can picture it now. And then he's got the sword from Great Joe Number. Yeah, uh, as got a, an extra one. Yeah, and he's got an Ed Stark head on there. And I, yeah, I actually really like this. I, that As a conversion, that's pretty cool. I think you never hear a Ned Stark using a shield, but... In reality, he would be using a shield, probably. I don't know, maybe no with ice, because ice is obviously a two-handed sword, but you'd maybe have a shield strapped to your arm whilst you're using the sword or something like that, and I think it looks pretty cool. The thing is, was he using ice in battle? Surely no. I don't I think so. I assumed that was his, like, execution weapon. I think it was, like, his ceremonial weapon. Because I, th- I don't think he was fighting uh, Jamie Lannister with that. No, no, I think he was just again, using I'm a regular one sword. I'm just going through the TV show. I'm no, I've not got to the books yet. That's uh, a job for when they're all out, which means I'll never read them. <laughs> I believe in the books it doesn't state, it doesn't specify what sword he's using, but by the sounds of it, it's probably just a normal sword. But yeah, um, but yeah, so he's he's painted them so that they look. We were kind of describing it that they their colours red, but he's not made. Mm-hmm. Them all wearing like a red tunic. No, he's just red's a spot color more than a, a main color. And yeah, and I think that actually works really well for them because they're way up north. They're almost like half Northmen, half Wildland type yeah. look to them. Like they're uniform enough to know that they're together, but they're ragtag enough to think they're not as disciplined as say like a unit of Lannister or 
somebody for the Riverlands or something like that. So that's what I really like about it. Yeah, it's um, a hard thing to pull off that, being able to be like ragtag and still obviously a unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You tend to go one of two ways. Like You tend to either go too far to the ragtag or too far into uniform. So nailing that balance is pretty Definitely. good. Definitely. And he's got a solid rim, which is fine, because he was actually an offender previously to not having a solid rim, uh, which I'm pleased to see. And <laughs> I really like his basin as well. Right, thank God you didn't see a rim there. Yeah. I told you I love a rim. What what can I say? But his his basin is yeah, I really like that. It, it's almost kind of gives that effect to the grass when you wake up in the morning and it's just covered in a layer of frost. Yeah, that's spot yeah. on actually. Yeah. I'm trying to see how he's like done it almost. I'm not sure if he's sprayed. I think he has. Spray. I think he has, yeah. Yeah, that's um, spot on. That's a great description of it. What do you think of these little? Yeah, I mean, you take away the red, and I mean, you could almost pass them off as wildlings. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, the basin's good, uh, nice. I've done a uh, similar with a black spray, like spray grass, and I was trying to give it like a more dead look, and the, yeah. the green still pops through slightly, so it's just kind of like a dark grass, really. But I mean, mm-hmm. it still still works. I've never tried it with white, but I mean, if that's what he's done, then it's something that I would potentially try in the future. See how yeah, that works. It's a- it's a nice yeah. thing. The thing with these is I know that he painted the models separately for the bases, so obviously he's not going to spray the models with the white because it's just the base and the tray Aye. that he's spraying. So And then he glued them on afterwards. That makes sense. He just clipped them off. But what do you think, Grant? Yeah, I, I agree with everything that's been said. I really like the, the red as a spot colour rather than the main colour. As you say, it makes them look like a unit, but they're still got that wild savageman feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm a, a big fan of the conversion. I don't think I've ever seen much in the way of conversions in the game in general. It's good to see. So it's, yeah, it's nice to see. Yeah, definitely. It's also, I'm sure Stuart won't mind us mind me saying he's Stuart also if he does, does it's commission too late. work. Uh, yeah, it's too late. But he also does commission work as well. So if you're interested in, uh, he's still taking commissions at the minute. He's Rock Wolf commissions. Just look him up on Facebook as well. So yeah. All right, cool. So that's that's the painting stuff. So uh, next we'll go on to a question that got emailed in by somebody who was listening last week. So this is uh, from Stephen Ramage. Uh, his question is, how do you even play the game? I bought the main starter box just before lockdown and as such could not really... Uh, I've not really got any idea how to play it. Could you and the guys go through with a sensible level of detail how it all works, please? Thanks, Stephen. So... We've obviously got some guys who have stuff and haven't played because, you know, three months of COVID-19. Um, so we've kind of came up with, I'm going to go through like a brief rundown beginners type description of the game itself. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a person who has never played a war game before. Say, for example, you've come in for a back game, uh, card game background or a board game background. Uh, and then I think you two guys were going to talk about we're going to maybe direct you towards some videos that's maybe worth watching as well. Does that sound about right? I think you found the best one though. Yeah, cool. Right, we'll go through it. Anyway, I, I didn't, so. I didn't, I didn't find one that was current enough with the rules was was the issue that I kept coming across because there has been yeah. changes obviously over the year. Yeah, year? there's year? I think two or three of them that have been put up from within the past year, but each of them are before the morale test has been changed. So, yeah. I mean, th- that would be... Uh, you could still watch that because the majority of it is still going to be the same. That's probably just going to be the one big thing that would be different. Is uh, mm. it's morale test, 2d6 plus a d3. If you fail it, it's the whatever you're on the d3 plus one that runs away and not the difference in the d, uh, 2d6. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll, we'll kind of talk through that, but what I'll do first is I'll go through the kind of basics um, this is the part where uh, Little and Grant go away and make a cup of tea or something because I just kind of typed this up. So, yeah, so the game itself uses miniatures and cards uh, and you've got kind of different zones. So you've got your actual battlefield, which is generally a 4 by 4 generally. Uh, there's a tactic zone, which is an area where your non-combat units go. And then you've got a deck of cards, which you draw and discard through various means. Uh the models you use will generally be referred to as a unit, which will either be, if it's a combat unit, it'll be 12 infantry in a tray, 4 cavalry in a tray, 
a monster or a war machine and then you've got non-combat units which is your people characters generally like like peter baelish and cersei lannister they're referred to as non-combat units uh, shortened to ncu um so that's your two types of units in units you can have an attachment so how attachments work is normally the as a character or a, a generic person goes into the you replace one of the models from an infantry unit or a cavalry unit and then they go take place inside the unit and they have give it additional rules things like that and then the game itself has a points value for the sake of balance generally it's about 40 points for a game and then how that works is each unit has its own points value and you have to add up to 40 points and then both players have the, the same amount of points uh, your commander that's the person that will lead your army uh, is always a free a free character you don't pay for pay for this character and they alter the tactics deck so your tactics deck is 20 cards 14 of which is based off of your faction, so Lannister, Baratheon, Stark, Neutral, and then the other six cards come from your commander. Um, and then you can get two different types of commander, so the commander can either be an attachment for a unit, or it can be an NCU commander, which is basically a free activation. Um, the tactics cards themselves, as I say, 14 and 6 cards making 20. They do various different things from buffing one of your units, making them better, or making your opponent's units worse. It can give you free actions, or you can use them to counterplay other cards, or you can use them to draw cards. Things like that that generally affect the battle uh, and help you win. And uh, that's the card side of it. And then you've got the tactic zone, which is a zone that's not on the battlefield, it's separate off the board. And you'll get one, and you, if you have a starter box, you'll get a tactic zone in it, and that has four, uh, five zones in it, which non-combat units can take. So it basically represents the, the throne room or politics or things like that. And you've got five zones, so that you've got the crown, uh, you've got the money bags, you've got the letter, you've got the swords, and you've got the horses. So basically, they affect the battlefield in certain ways. So the horse get, lets you free move for, move a unit for free. The swords let you make a unit attack for free or shoot for free. Uh, you've got the letters, which lets you draw cards uh, and put, make your opponent worse with, through tokens. And then you've got the money bags, which can heal a unit and take these status tokens off. And then you've got the crown, which can make an enemy unit troops run away or lose lose wounds things like that uh, and then so basically those kind of things take up an activation which is called a turn which is made up of i'll take a turn the opponent will take a turn i'll take a turn the opponent will take a turn it goes back and forth and then once all units combat and non-combat have been activated that is the end of a round and the game is made up of six rounds so that's the actual turn process itself for units themselves. A combat unit can, when they activate, they can either maneuver, which is just like a move, a march, which is like a less maneuverable move, but you can move double the distance, or you can shoot, or you can charge, or you can attack, or you can retreat. And then a non-combat activation is you putting the uh, non-combat unit onto the tactics board or passing with that. And then the actual units, the combat units, have a, a unit card. Generally, it kind of spells it out for you. It gives you all the stats. So it gives you, like, the movement value, the armor save, how many attack dice they've got, uh, their bravery stat, what abilities they have and how much they cost as well. Non-combat units also have cards, and they tell you exactly what they do. Um, any abilities that they have on the card is, like, a keyword ability. So you've got... But they'll always explain what the ability does. So, for example, Sundering, it will say this unit has Sundering, and then it'll tell you underneath that what Sundering means. So it means that the opponent, if they get attacked by them, they, their armor save is one less. And uh, you've also got Orders, which can either be uh, used by an attachment or a unit. They can be separate or together. You can only use that particular unit or attachment's order once per round. Uh, yeah, there's no way to get around that. It can only be used once per round. And they work off triggers. Again, it'll explain to you what the trigger is. So it's a certain point in the game 
it'll tell you when you can use this. And that is also true for tactics cards. They all work off triggers and it'll tell you when exactly you can use that. Uh, and then the game itself, there's different scenarios. So generally there's things like objectives, which you can take and it'll help you win the game or give you points. Uh, other uh, scenarios, you have to kill your opponent and you can get extra points by marking them or things like that. Or you can use another separate deck of cards called the mission mission. Uh, cards which give you points as well and a lot of times in most missions you also get points just by killing your opponent and generally you're talking about 10 or 12 points to win the game so that's it kind of the basics as such explained in a nutshell um i think i've covered it and do you think do you guys grant uh sorry little do you think we've missed anything not well i think the one thing that maybe maybe i didn't know what you said but did you mention about measurements and things like that no Yep, so the the movement of the units themselves on the tactics board, they, they move a certain amount of inches. Not uh, on almost, the tactics board. Not on the tactics board, no, <laughs> they don't move. Just on the battlefields, they move a certain amount of inches, and that will always tell you on the cards. So if you do a manoeuvre, that is just whatever their move stats. So say it's four in, five inches, they will move five inches as a manoeuvre. If you want to march, as I say, that's a double move, so you can move up to ten inches. There's things that affect movement, so things that can make your movement higher, things that can make it lower, um, things like that. In the game itself, there's an, another part, uh, is the terrain, which I won't go into in great detail, but basically you have terrain on the board and that can affect various things as well, like it can lower your movement or it can make you more brave or it can make you less brave and things like that as well. But the game itself, it's not. It depends how you learn. You could, I suppose, you could learn how to play the game by listening, but other people learn by reading the rules, which obviously you can get in uh, the box. Yeah. But generally, they're out of date. So if you so, don't, yeah, the app is the big thing too. The, the, the app's the best thing. So it's called the War Council app, which you can download on uh, the iTunes Store and Play Store. It's free. And it basically has all the documents you need from the rulebook to the scenario lists to all the FAQs and things like that as well. But also lets you create lists, army lists, like your points values and tells you how many points you've spent and how many points you've got left to spend and how many points things are. And it gives you all the units, unit cards that are up to date as well. The great um, thing is it's what I... run by the company. So when things yeah. change, the app gets changed pretty quick. Yeah. Like all the... FAQs and such, that's, I mean, even the rule book, everything is on this app. It's, it's fantastic. It's uh, free. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> uh, yeah, that too. But anyone that plays this game, I would recommend getting that downloaded as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah. Because it's, the it's not just the armies that you'll have. I mean, you can look at other armies and come to terms with what other things can do. Yeah, you can see all their tactics, cards and everything. You can have a really great overview of what everything can do. And the other thing that if, I really if like If you can think it, of it, it's on the app. Yeah, one of the things I really like about the app is the your the my collection page where you can look at all the boxes and also you can mark down what you've got, which you can put into your army list. Only choose the units you have, which is really nice. But it also mm-hmm. means you can see what's in each box because sometimes it's not obvious if you just go on if you go wherever you're going to buy a, a box of guys. You see it's a hero's box, so you might not know what's in that box, or you might want an attachment which is only in certain troops boxes. Well, because of that, the app you can go and see exactly what box you need to buy whatever unit it is that you want, which is really handy, Yeah, I think. You can make uh, lists both ways of just ticking yeah. a box of what armies you've, like what units you've got available, like what you've already bought, or you can untick that and just have everything at your disposal, and that way yeah. you know what you still need to buy. But yeah. no, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I totally agree. It's I'm on it all the time. I still, even if you, you don't know how to play the game, it's just so key for building lists on the fly and things like that as well. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's easy I'll, to use and it just looks lovely. Aye, definitely. I've got a few other apps for like list building and they're just really plain and quite boring. But, I mean, this just looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's agreed. probably the, the best wargaming app like this that I've seen. Yeah. Kudos to Simon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. at first I didn't even know it was their app. I just assumed somebody done it and I was like, well done to them. Like fantastic job. <laughs> nah, some definitely some weight behind it there. But uh, yeah, so that's the kind of basics. Start start with War Council as well. Um so we kinda looked through various videos and things to try and recommend 
if you're looking to start playing. Um, and as I say, a lot of it was kind of out of date as such, but could still be used if, as long as you keep in mind that the, the panic tests have, have changed. Um, but the one that kind of I seen that, that I thought was pretty good was, was Three Sales Gaming on YouTube. So this guy... He's just a new channel, um, so it's three sales gaming, as in like three boats. Uh, just look it up, and he's got uh, it goes through all the basics like movement and the card play and all that sort of stuff. They are playing it on tabletop simulator because the chap that started the channel he hasn't actually played a real life game, but tabletop simulator is pretty close. It's pretty close. It's very accurate to the to the actual real life playing of the game and you can definitely learn how to play the game by watching it. I th- you think he's also playing with um, Brett Lampner Lamp- from Small Council Radio. He's the, actually one, he's the guy that actually taught him how to play and he's like a top tier player and knows his stuff. So I would definitely recommend watching 3 Seal Gaming videos uh, to start you off. Any other channels that you guys saw that you'd want to men- mention? I mean, there's lots of good battle report channels, but like I say, for tutorials, a lot of them just aren't 100% up. I mean, just all you need to do is pretty much just type in how to play a Song of Ice and Fire Miniature game on YouTube. You'll see a fair amount of uh, videos pop up. I mean, probably best is look at the more earlier ones. Just bear in mind the morale test has changed. Uh, small other, like, retweets yeah. here and there. Some uh, stats-wise, some cards have been altered. So uh, I'm trying to think of the one at the top of my head that you'll get in the starter box. Santa? Uh, yep, and that'll out, do. Outriders. Outriders are different as well now. The Santa card, I know, used to be you could check your discard pile and your deck at any yep. time for a card, where it's changed to now just being your discard pile. That's right, yeah. So there's, there's one. Yep. Uh, it's also uh, worth mentioning... On the table gaming, so Chase, shout out to Chase. Uh, he pretty much created an entire website which also has a army builder on it. He's got a lot of art, art, uh, written articles about faction overviews as well. So if you're not sure which faction you want to play, it gives you a kind of rough play style on how each faction plays as well. And he's got some videos on YouTube. I don't know if a lot any of them is how to play as such. But they're definitely worth a watch, and his stuff is really good. It's worth 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 watching. I've watched and listened to all his stuff. I mean, like like the Blitz Minis is a great one to watch. Blitz Minis, yeah. Once you've kind of grasped the basics of the it, rules, yeah, yeah. Watch watch that because it's the overlay for his yeah, as well. The overlay is really, really good. Nice. I remember watching a video when it, I first got the Hand of the King box when that first came out, and I mean, it was before that. It was more of an intro video to just like mm-hmm. try and pick it up when it was coming out or, uh, in the future. And it, uh, it was just obviously starter set, so monsters versus Starks. And it was Jamie, and they were talking about how this would be a kind of a rebut or how the battle could have went when Rob captured Jamie. And yeah. it, must, it was obviously test rules because Jamie went up to Rob and on a three up just killed Rob. And I remember <laughs> thinking, like, if they can do that, that seems to be ridiculous. That I've just lost my commander because he rolled a three up. Oh uh, yeah, that that was um, that was his. I think his beta testing rules, but they actually put yeah. that rule into the Kingsguard, Jamie. So if you're in, co- if Jamie's in combat with unit, he can assassinate an attachment on a three up yeah. anytime they attack. Does that work for like named attachments and stuff as well, or is it just? I, I believe so. Yeah. Right, so just stay the hell away from him. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, let me just check. He's in Lannister Heroes too. He is indeed. Yeah, yep. Uh, Jamie Lannister, Kingsguard, is two-point attachment. Each time this unit makes a melee attack against an infantry unit, it deals one additional wound. If there's an attachment, uh, you may instead roll a die, a die on a three-up, kill that attachment. Yeah, that's right. just crazy. And unlike a that is not limited to once per game. It would be nice if, because it's not limited, if it was, you would get a normal save. <laughs> I bet he's just that good. Remember, this is before he gets his hand chopped off. He didn't call him the Kingslayer for nothing. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, it's before he gets captured. <laughs> Aye, true, it's before he gets captured. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of like brutal. I was like, oh, that's not very nice. But, of course, getting a hand of the King box meant I got the, the captured the prisoner, Jamie. 
And I just kind of like that. I as love a model. rules for that model. I love yeah, the model. I love the rules for that. I think it's so fun. Yeah. Like, I had to buy the for the one army, and it was my Lannisters. But I did like that was that and the mountain that rides were kind of two of the reasons that I did want to keep it. Ah, uh, he'll 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 come into official play soon. I don't think he'll be the same, but. That's a different discussion for a different day. Uh, right, so thanks to Stephen for uh, posting that question in. Uh, we're also looking for any more questions, as well as photos. We also, if you've got any questions or if there's anything you want us to, to cover, like a unit or you want us to go through an army list, anything like that, please just email us or uh, contact us on social media and we'll definitely try and cover it. So, yeah, uh, so next, we thought we'd add a bit of... A bit of fun to the to the episode, so I put a poll up on Facebook asking us which unit would you like us to discuss, and we'll each make a an army list out of it. And I was like, right, what what units could I put? And I went, I ah, know, let's put units that nobody uses and thinks are crap. Uh, <laughs> maybe with the exception of Bruce Bolton, I just put him in for because you could put him in any army technically. But yeah, uh, and yeah, so the results are in, and it's uh, the bloody mummer skirmishers apparently that people want us to talk about so i'll quickly go over go over the unit quickly just so you know what, what we're talking about so this is a six point neutral unit so it can be put in any list apart from three folks sad face uh, and they are movement five they have a five up armor save i've got a seven up morale save their attack they're, they're a melee unit so it is a three up they hit on and they have a seven five four and they have the mummer's blade uh, which is similar to the cutthroats. So if you attack an enemy unit that's not activated, they become weakened. And they've got parry as an innate ability, which any time a unit attacks them, any time they roll a one, they suffer one wound. So they parry. It's called parry. So they parry it off and ping a wound back to the unit any time they roll a one to attack them. Okay, right. So we've not actually seen each other's lists. It's worth putting it that parry only works in melee. They, they can't yes. parry an arrow, sadly. Sad face. If they, if they could parry right. arrows back, that would be rather spectacular. That would be pretty funny, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> right, so I want to go last. So okay. we'll go with uh, Grant. Do you want to put yours up first? Yeah, I'll easy go with mine. So I, I went with Lannisters. Right. And I've gone with a, a Tywin list. So mm-hmm. Tywin, La- Tywin Lannister is the commander, and he's in a unit of Blackguards, the House Bolton Blackguards, so another neutral unit. Yep. Then I have the uh, Bloody Mummer Skirmishers with Gregor Clegane. Okay. And then right. Unit of Crossbowmen with Preston Greenfield. Unit of Halberdiers with Assault Veteran. And then Pycelle, Cersei, and Joffrey for my NCUs. Okay. That, so, sound, that sounds mm-hmm. cool. So, how, how do you expect that to play? So, my, my thinking with this was I wasn't sure what to do with the Skirmishers. Mm. Initially, initially, I thought they were a bit underwhelming. I think it's the five up save. So it's like, right, okay, so we've got to play these aggressively or they're yeah. and try and take things out quickly. So obviously they dish out weakened tokens and Tywin likes a good weakened token. So all right, we'll go with we'll go with Tywin to lead the unit. And I thought I'd just chuck him in black guards because uh, why not? They're at six points and that's a good unit for him to go in. But then I thought, well, what am I going to do to make the most out of the out of the bloody mummers? So I thought, well, why not see what, what Gregor would do? So he's he's gonna give them two extra dice. So they're at the top bracket they're rolling nine dice on threes with sundering right so they're gonna do work at, at that point obviously dishing out a weakened token as well they yeah that'll kind of help their five up save exactly hopefully. yeah yeah and then you've got your crosswoman with preston just to to try and draw those cards out for tywin to take advantage of the weakened tokens that you're throwing down yeah then halberdiers with assault veterans another good like it's not quite a bunker unit, but you obviously you can attack when people charge you, and then when it comes your turn again, you've got the assault veteran, so you're already engaged, so you can get extra attacks back. And yeah. Tywin with the black guards can be another bunker unit. That is a horrible then... combo. <laughs> it's, it's Tywin and uh, the black guards. Yeah, it 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 does sound like fun. Um, I have black guards on the way, and yeah, and then yeah. NCU's Pycelle, obviously Tywin. You're throwing a weakened. You want weakened tokens. Yeah, I've down the list. Cersei, I just think she's always a solid pick for Lannisters. And then Joffrey, yes, you're gonna give up a panicked on your on one of your units, but he'll take the crown regardless of if anyone yeah. else has taken it. And it's all about it that crown, you, baby. It means you're always gonna get the card drop from Preston to get those Tywin cards out of the deck. Cool. Is my theory. But yeah. I mean it's nine points for 
Gregor and the skirmishers. I don't know if that is worth it, but is, is that that's the attack mad dog in it? Yeah, it's the mad dog attachment. Yeah. So if you need to charge, you have to take the morale test, and if you fail it, you charge, well, and you count as rolling a six. Well, it's whenever it activates, if it can declare a charge. So mm-hmm. if it's possible for you to charge, you need to take the morale check. So really, you want to fail that and make sure you roll a six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they've got a seven up morale. Yeah, that could be so, quite interesting. Hi. Yeah, I, I, it's something I actually might if I ever pick up a box of uh, skirmishers. They look like you look like fun to paint. Um, I definitely might try that as a list. I think it could be quite fun. Either, either really cool looking. I've, I've got mm-hmm. two boxes that I'll probably always look at and go, yeah, I'll paint them another day, but. <laughs> I might try painting one and then hate the fact that I have to paint stripes or checkers or something like that and be like, nah, nah. I've done I've, I've done stripes on bigger models and it's been fine. I did stripes on Gotrek, obviously for mm-hmm. yep. um, AOS. AOS. And he's he's quite a small model and that it's not too bad if you're not too fussy. Um but yeah, checks no. Checks can get in the bin. I'm not painting checks. Uh well I used to paint a lot of checks on my orcs and goblins, so I'm mm. gonna yeah, but, you was all, but you can get away with painting like a child on Orcs and Goblins. <laughs> true, true. But yeah. All right, cool. That that's yep. that's a pretty cool list. Uh right, Lidl, what's your list? Well, I just tried to go with a bit more and make it more easy to come up with a list. So I just stuck with all neutrals as I like my all neutral faction. With a uh, so just uh, you, well it's got its moments. <laughs> so I started off with a bit of Bolton as my commander because right. I do find it difficult to get five units on the field and three NCUs. So this way I've only got two, but one's free. Yeah. Uh, I've got uh, House Bolton Blackguards, led by Vargo, to give them uh, Vicious. Vargo Attachment. Yeah, as the attachment. Yeah. Um, and that, oh, yeah, I've just done. Um, and then I've got a unit of Bolton Cutthroats with a Dreadfort Captain. I was getting to the point where all had a few points left, so it's like I can't actually afford like anything good. So a Dreadfort Captain Dreadfort might be able to Captain's throw out more right. planet tokens for Rus. Uh, yeah, yeah. A unit of House Bolton Bastard Girls again with another Dreadfort Captain because uh, obviously it must have been two points I had left in the army, and there's nothing really neutral. About, uh, two points. A, and I figured, a flare inside Bastards Girls. The Bolton I mean, Flare. Yeah, again, the Dreadful Captain is going to help out with the party True. tokens. Yeah. yeah. I did think about the flare. And then we've got our bloody Mormor Skirmishers. Uh, they've not got any attachment. They're just there. Because I actually screwed up on this. I thought we were doing bloody Mormor Zorf Riders. So they're in the list as well. <laughs> but the, the Skirmishers are there anyway. Because I was going to go for a half bowl and half Mormor kind of theme there. But, so it kind of worked out. And and they've not got any attachment because they can't get one. Uh, and then it's Peter Baelish as the second NCU because he's got his little finger in all the pies. Oh, interesting. So two NCUs? Just the two NCUs, yeah. So how, how do you think that, that would play? I have no idea. Like... <laughs> <laughs> You're just going for the uh, the fluffy themed list? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure mine's is probably the nicest of the, the three that's going to get mentioned. I would say it is the fluffiest because... Peter Baelish becomes the Lord of Harnhal as well, right? After, uh, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> he gets made the Lord. Of, so it's basically Hal, isn't it? Because Rus Rus took took Harnhal after uh, Tywin left. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Cer- Cersei gives him it, or no? Ah, she gives it to Peter Baelish. Jo- yeah, just Joffrey. After uh, Janos Slint goes away, because Janos Slint got made the Lord Lord of Harnhal, and then Peter Baelish got made the Lord afterwards. But it was it was Joffrey because I remember yeah. him saying like "Thank you, Your Grace" kind of thing as he bows away. Oh well, cool. Right. Well, I'm get. I, I, it, it could be fun. I'll say that. <laughs> right. Do you want to hear this insane army list of bloody mummer skirmishers? Okay. Right. So my not the Zorfriders, no. No, the skirmishers. Yeah. <laughs> These do have Zorfriders in it as well, though. All uh, right. So. so the commander for this uh, army is Vargo Hot, who apparently is one of the worst commanders, but he is in a Baratheon faction. <laughs> Are you ready for this? 
right? So it's got... Is anyone ready for this? That's the question. It's got a unit of Baratheon Wardens with a Master Warden. It's got a second unit of Baratheon Wardens with Vargo Hope uh, Commander Attachment. It has two units of Bloody Mummer Skirmishers. Uh, just vanilla, no attachment. Uh, a unit of Bloody Mummer Zorse Riders. And then it's got Shira Errol, uh, Lady of Haystack Hall. Uh, it's got Axel Florent, Hand of the Queen. And it's got Alistair Florent, Lord of Brightwater, as the three NCUs. So this list basically is just a weakened spam. Uh, Sorry, how many activations on so the field is, is that? Two, three, four. So it's one, two, three, four. It's five units on the battle and three into use. It's eight activations. Right. Um, and the what Baratheon, was yours, Grant? Uh, four and three. It was seven. Well, that was five and two. Yeah. So eight activations. Obviously, the Bloody Mummer Skirmishers give out weakened. The Zorse Riders also give out weakened if you charge in the flank or the rear. Uh, the Baratheon Wardens, if, you, if they attack your unit... If they, sorry, if they attack the opponent's unit and the opponent rolls a 1 for any of the armour saves, they also become weakened. And the Wardens can use weakened tokens as if they were vulnerable tokens. Uh, Shira Errol, she, if you take the money bags, as well as what that zone does, she also puts a condition token on an enemy unit. Uh, and Axel Florent, he uses the tokens by, you can influence a unit and then when that unit activates, each player, if they want, can spend a condition token to deal it two wounds. So if you really, if it's your unit at Axel Florent is uh, influencing, you can, if you want, really want to get rid of like a panicked or a weakened or whatever, you can take two wounds to get rid of it. But I'll be using the weakened tokens that I'm spamming everywhere to deal two wounds to that unit anytime they activate. Nice. As well nice. <laughs> as well as Vargo Hotz, uh Tactics cards, which two two out of the three of them uh, use weakened tokens. Yeah, I, I don't really look at Vargo in the neutrals list. The one that I really like is Remorseless Assault, so you can spend a weakened token from a defender, uh, mm -hmm. and you can give your unit plus two dice and Sundering, and if it's a Mummer unit, they also roll their highest attack value. Yeah. Um, so obviously the Baratheon Warden unit that has the Master Warden isn't a Mummer unit, but the other one that's got Vargo in it is a Mummer unit because he makes it a, a Mummer unit. Yeah. <laughs> so that basically just chucks weakened tokens about everywhere, and that'll hopefully keep the skirmishers and the Zorse Riders about for a bit longer because they're quite fragile, and the yeah. Wardens will just be like, "I'm going to sit here all day on objectives or whatever." And yeah, and Axel uh, Alistair Florent, he's just a utility piece. If there's a certain zone I need, I can clutch, use one of these order tokens to swap to another That's zone. The, for, I yeah. feel like he's a, a given for Athens because obviously it's not just taking what you need, you can just take away what your opponent needs. You could, yeah. I think yeah, that's like, I, I um, John said before we started recording, and yeah, he's such a clutch model, it seems. I really like his ability. Like, uh, like he would be crazy if it was neutral i mean everybody would kind of like Ooh, oh yeah yeah. Tasty. yeah definitely but i think the only thing that lets that list down is the uh, the baratheon standard tactics cards with the mummer units they're all when a unit gets attacked and they survive they get to make a free attack back but they could work they could work uh, they're not mm -hmm. gonna get like wiped out in one go no unless something like absolute crazy and especially if they've got weakened tokens enough, in them. Yeah, as I say, you've got enough weakened tokens going about, you should be able to prolong your survival, so... Some of your weakened tokens, is that not, like, working off of, like, ganging up? Like, your skirmishers are going to be punting the weakened token out on a unit for your wardens then to spend it. Yeah, that, that, aye, that's another thing you could do. So yep. No, no, but that's you're, you're relying on two and one in your favour. No, because the oh. the wardens themselves can give out weakened tokens and Shire Errol can give out tokens as well as the Bummers and the Zorse Riders. Mm. I didn't say it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually have all every single mod model in that list, so I might actually try Christ, it. With what you've been buying, you've almost got every single model in this, like, in general. So what you're saying is you played two games this week and you could have actually tested this list and haven't. Correct. Right. Yeah. Superb. Well done. <laughs> yeah. 
But let us down there, John. I know. <laughs> Not I'll to mention a, our I'll, audience. I'll put a bar yeah. report up. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> so yeah, that's the bloody mummers. Do you, do you what, what do you guys think of the the actual unit itself? Uh, Go Grant. Initially, I kind of felt they're maybe a point too expensive, mm-hmm. but I think maybe they're okay. Um, yep. Like I said, I was underwhelmed, and I think it's just that five up save was a bit like, like I just don't see them that survivable. But then seven attacks on threes isn't terrible. Throwing a weakened tokens is good. You've got the party, obviously. Combine that weakened, you know, you get attacked, make them reroll dice, you get a few more ones in, you're doing damage back. Like they're actually, they're better than I initially gave them credit for, I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe so. If, if they drop by a point, I think I'd be more inclined to use them. I think it's six points if you're in a neutral list, you're competing with the Blackguards. Yeah. And I think they struggle to compete with that. But if there were five points in between them and Cutthroats, I could probably go either way. And I'd definitely... still go Cutthroats. <laughs> Trying to be nice. Yeah, I mean, the thing is is that both units, the Cutthroats and the Skirmishers, they both have a five-up save, and they're quite, they're, their bravery's not great. So you want to just use them as like a kind of glass cannon That's offensive thing. I'll try to look at the and difference between both units. The difference between chucking out vulnerable and chucking out weakened for an offensive unit is quite quite a big gap you yeah if, if you want to chuck a fragile unit out to potentially one shot something or really damage them you want to chuck vulnerable on them rather than weaken true, right true but then i suppose i feel like you're only, surviving gonna get away with that. Back, you're only gonna get away with that like when you get to attack them first Aye, like of course. If, i mean if you end up getting hit before you hit them then you've lost a fair amount of guys yeah you probably you need to assume that you're doing your second rank at least mm-hmm. A five you up make save a, and a seven up morale. Would you make it? The- no, I, th- I think again. To me, neutral. A lot of the neutral stuff are a point too expensive. Quite a few of them. Uh, so I th- it's difficult. They're not quite a five point unit, but I don't think they're a six point unit. Yeah, yeah I think I could agree. They're, they're like a like a five point five. Can yeah. you? Yeah. So if it's like, like going say... back to the flate men in a way, it's like the, at, at the moment they're fine for eight points. Not so much for nine. But, I mean, if you just give them back their two-up armor save that they had originally, yeah. then I think they're worth nine points. Yeah. Cool. Well, again, um, if you ally them in, and it goes to what I was saying last week, or two weeks ago, um, about neutral stuff being a point D-rod and kind of thing. Yeah. If you were to yeah, ally with them. that tag. They might see play at five points in, like, a, a non... in a neutral army. Mm-hmm. But it, it just depends, really, if there's... if we might see any other commanders in future that Utilize weakened or another mummer commander or some like that. Yeah, I mean, Could... if you were to take a neutral faction, they've got no access to like uh, dire wolves, so they can't get the wee cheeky cheeky extra activation in there. The, yeah, but not, but neither not does. A, they've not got a three point NCU, so there's another. They've got yeah, it's a five point. Yeah, one. NCUs are quite expensive. You need those. It's a problem. Yeah, I but mean, I totally disagreed with when Varus went up to five points. I was like, no, nah, I can't see me wanting to use him at five points. So I was happy mm-hmm. when he went back to four. Was, I used yes, good, But having to do it and then deciding where he goes, I felt like it's just too much. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the neutrals are in a weird spot in general. I think so. I think so. I mean, you, you, see, them in tournaments. you see them in tournaments and they, they, like, uh, there was that big tournament. I'm sure there was about 50 players or something. There was like two neutral players or something like that, and they generally don't do as well as other factions, but mm. aye, it's a, it's a tough one. But yeah, okay, right, so that's um, that's pretty much us, really, isn't it? We're coming up just over an hour again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any other questions that you guys have, as I say, or, or photos or anything, just feel free to mail them in. Um going to do a wee, a wee bit of self, self-promotion self here. Uh, if anybody's fancies coming to sunny Scotland, uh, I'm running a tournament. Uh, I believe it's called Beyond the Wall. If you look, you can look it up on Facebook. It's held at Common Ground Games, which we spoke about last week. You it's believe the... your tournament is called Beyond the Wall? Again, yeah. yeah, it's not the most professional. <laughs> down here, John. <laughs> hey, COVID, all right? I've not really looked at it because of the whole COVID thing that was going on, but <laughs> it's looking now like it's going to be the 3rd and 4th of October over two days. Um, if you're interested, uh, give us a mail or go on the, the, the Facebook event page. It's called Beyond the Wall. Um, 
so that's happening. If you're interested, if you're nearby or you, you fancy traveling, come and see us. Yeah. And uh, another wee shout out I just wanted to, to, to say is uh, the guys at various content creators have banded together and created a site called A Song of Ice and Fire Guild, which includes Carlo from and uh, Mickey from A Song of Ice and Fire Stats, uh, Blitz Minis, Mythicals Game, Gaming, uh, Small Council Radio, Tabletop Warden from Germany and West Coast Bannerman. Uh, that's a site they have literally just launched yesterday and it, they're looking to put stuff up every month and it has cool links and free stuff you can download. Uh, it's worth having a wee look at, actually. It's quite a cool wee site. I've signed up to their newsletter. Uh, they do the d- different things, battle reports, uh, unit overviews, all that sort of stuff as well. So if you've listened to us, to if you've sure. listened to us and you're looking for more, uh, go check them out. Go check them out. They're all really great bunch of guys and they make really awesome stuff. So, so yeah. I would say to anyone out there that, again, if you're thinking about running an event or you know someone that is, feel free to also post that up. Let us know and we can, we'll happily shout that out for and we'll try and get people down your way or up your way. Especially in the UK because... Mostly in the UK, yeah. Mostly in the UK, yeah. But, I mean, we'll shout out other tournaments as well because I've I've seen myself... uh, I was going to go to... Someone might want to jump on their dragon and then fly across. Yeah. Obviously, with the COVID situation, traveling isn't the, but you know, those will all be in the future anyway. So, yeah, I finished One another thing. four um, mountains men during this podcast. I'm quite happy with that. Well done. Yeah. I have my t- two bears are still sitting covered prime in primer, nothing on them. But, but yeah, would you would you reckon, guys, some smooth jazz to go out? 